Today on episode eight of the Landing Space podcast, we are talking about our why, why we started our business, why we're doing what we're doing, and all in all, why we love the businesses that we decided to start. Welcome to the Landing Space podcast, talking all things entrepreneurship and strategies for building businesses. Here are your hosts, Mark and Justin. So let me just give you a little background story about why I started my business. First, my business is called 19 East Realty. I started it after I got out of the military. I got out of the military in like 2008. Had a little bit of time off in between um, the time that I got out and when I actually ended my thing. And so I was taking a whole bunch of leave and I really wanted to do something that was like, you know, I don't want to just sit at the house and go on vacation and spend all this leave and just hang out with my family and then I got to figure out what I'm going to do. So I decided during that time, I had 60 days of leave I decided that I was going to go get my real estate license. So I went and sat through the class, passed the class, ended up going and getting my real estate license. When I was done and out of the military, I ended up signing up for a firm called Allen Tate. Allen Tate is local to the Carolinas. It's out of Charlotte. They're a huge sponsor of the Carolina Panthers. I know you like that. Um, But I went over there, and really the reason why I went over there... I interviewed a few other firms, but that was the one I went to. And it was because of the recruiter that they had. She was very nice. She talked all about the firm, all that sort of stuff. And she actually got back to me, follow up, all that going on. So I ended up working there. I was only there for about three months. In the time frame that I was there, they um, I met a lady. Her name was Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie was a broker. She had a team. And I was helping her do some open houses, run around stuff. She had two people on her team. And come to find out, she ended up taking over the broker in charge for a local small business called Go Realty. Go Realty was out of Holly Springs. Originally, when I joined Allen Tate, I wanted to actually go to Go Realty. The problem was their Holly Springs office was never open. I walked by it multiple times. Never once was anybody ever in there. So what I found out later was that the reason why nobody was there is because the broker in charge, which is the person who oversees the office, only had two agents to work there. Um, And he was constantly in carry. So the two agents were just opening and unlocking the door, not actually doing anything with that office. Well, Amory took it over. And when Amory took it over, I reached out to her and said, hey, I would like to switch to Go Realty. If there's an option, if you're recruiting, I think I would like to switch. And so she reached out to me and said, yeah, that'd be awesome. So I went and talked to her, switched to Go Realty, which was probably a really good choice for me personally. Because what happened when I was at Go Realty is I started getting systems in place and setting up stuff that I needed to do in order to grow my business. Um, At Allen Tate, it was more do our stuff. This is what we like. This is what you need to do. This is the path you need to follow. You need to do this. And it was very outdated. There was stuff that was there that just wasn't currently working. And we went from, you know, 2008, you're led to social media. All these real estate firms have older agents. The average age, I think, of a real estate agent at that point was like 55, 60. At Allen Tate? Yeah. And so you were dealing with a much older generation of realtors that had, you know, handwritten cards, client going to lunch with clients. Handwritten all, cards. Oh yeah, they were sending handwritten cards every month to people saying, Hey, thank you so much for being one of the people I love, all that sort of stuff. So they were writing these cards, sending them off. That's how they were getting business. Wow. And honestly, it was working. Like handwritten cards work. It's just a matter of who you send it to and what you do. And they were they were getting some business with it. Well, back to Go Realty. Went to Go Realty. Started putting all my systems together. Started doing really well there. 
And then about a year after being at Go Realty, we got blindsided. I mean, hit with a freaking bus, right? No idea it was coming. No idea it was even happening. But that so, bus freaking crushed everybody in there. They didn't sell. What they decided to do, I don't know why, is they decided to join Better Homes and Gardens. So they decided to turn Go Realty oh, yeah. into a franchise of Better Homes and Gardens. Which, when you look at Go Realty, it was probably one of their poor decisions they made as a business. Yeah. The reason why it was one of their poor decisions, why I believe it was one of their poor decisions, is because you took all these agents that had established themselves through Go Realty with their own systems, their own processes, all this, and then you went to Better Homes and Gardens, which required you to pay a franchise fee which was on every transaction, which was like 3.5% on top of whatever the split is. So now you're reducing the total commission that an agent's getting. Yeah. You're at, and you're, so you're trying to sell and say, hey, we're going to give you guys this package and you got all this stuff you're going to be able to use and you're going to generate leads and all that sort of stuff. But the problem with that option and that, that decision, right, was the fact that we already had it. Everybody in the firm already had their own systems, their own processes set up. Everything was already established. So it's nothing you need. So now what you're doing is you're losing commission. All you're doing from joining it is losing commission because nobody's going to take the time to give all of our data to Better Homes and Gardens, all of our leads, all of our stuff, put in their own system and be like, oh, they're not going to, they have no access to it. If you guys leave the firm, we're going to, you're going to get it. Nobody believes that. Did they, did they not think that you didn't have your own process already? I, no, they should, They knew that. They knew that because they were pushing it out and helping us do it. Oh. So I have no idea what, what the thing is. I believe it was a growth mindset, right? Yeah. We're going to go into there. We're going to be able to grow past a certain point. We're going to be able to recruit. We're going to have the Better Homes and Gardens name. I really think that was the thing. I think it was more of a growth. We want to grow. We want to add more agents because we did. We went from like 60 agents to like 180, 160 overnight. Wow. I mean, we're talking like you're, you're walking past people, everybody. But that brings me up to my next point, right? So got my own processes, losing money at Better Homes and Gardens now. And now I've got an office that had about 15 agents that have about 45 all of them provisional brokers. None of them know anything about what they're doing. They've never closed a deal. They have no idea what to do, all that sort of stuff. So I started like slowly helping agents. One night, one night I walk into the office and there are two agents sitting in the conference room with stacks of paper. I've never in my entire life seen more paper. I take that back, I have. But I've never seen more paper. They all over the conference table, they've got stacks, they've got these boxes, these plastic bins, they're filing everything away, they're printing everything off and sticking it in. I'm like, gosh, what are they doing? Right? What what in the world are they doing? Well, come to find out, <laughs> they felt that they had to handwrite the contracts and they need to handwrite the stuff Seriously? in. Nobody had explained to them what zip forms was. Well, zip forms are what we use in order to implement all of your stuff without having to print anything, and then you just e-sign over to everything, right? So that's what we use. But nobody had signed them up for it. Nobody had explained it to them. So now I'm like, oh, jeez. So I took the time out of the thing to start sharing and pulling it up and sharing it on the, compu- on the TV and telling them what to do and how to access everything. Yeah. And miraculously, they actually had the logins. So they could log into their own zip forms, sign up, but they didn't know what it was. So it was just an email they got, hey, here's your login information for this stuff that we use, right? right. But they had no idea what it was. So I helped them do that. And then I started helping more and more agents. Well, as I did that, I realized that that was actually something I enjoy. Well, it got to the point where I was getting tired of losing money. Um, and so I decided, you know, I need to start my own firm. 
And so I started looking into how that works. And the process with looking into how that works was, you know, what do I do, what happens? And so that's kind of where I'm at with it. I started, you know, that's how I got to the point where I started it. And then I'll talk about more what happened after that. So let's, yeah. hear, let's hear what you, how you got into your domain. Well, I'm pretty much in a different field and my industry is in medical. So I started, I'm a respiratory therapist and a nuclear medicine technologist. Um, that's what I'm certified to do. Um, I used to work at the hospital um, and I just kind of got tired of the politics at the hospital. I wanted to kind of do my own thing. I wanted to be more of a contribution to um, to society because a lot of the healthcare right now is so expensive. If you don't have insurance, it's hard for you to seek right medical you know medical attention. So I, when I finished nuclear medicine school, I worked with a company. It was a mobile company. What they did was they went to different doctors' offices. We had to carry this fifteen hundred pound machine, put it into a van. And take that to one location, then do a bunch of studies there on patients, and then load it back up. And it got very, very tiresome. I mean, I I was good at it, and I kind of knew I I helped the company get business because I originally started here in this part of North Carolina. There's only a couple of um, clients that they had here, so I kind of got more clients, helped the business grow. But then they saw that you know I was able to help contribute to marketing and getting more business. And they kind of dumped that on me to try to market and get more business. Right. Same time, the business I got them, they never compensated me for it, for extra stuff. They just wanted me to work it. They kind of use that. If you want hours, get more business for yourself type of thing. So I was like, I'm getting screwed in this this situation. So I was in the process of trying to open up my own mobile company, doing the same thing. Because I didn't sign uh, a non-compete or anything with them. And when they found out, they tried to get me to sign non-compete right away. Well, no, I'm not going to sign non-compete now. Yeah. I'm on my way out. So a lot of the doctors that I had um, had talked to and got the business, they wanted to follow me. So I told them, okay, I'm not going to be with the company anymore. I didn't tell them that I was, you know, I, I wanted to leave kind of uh, with without them any knowledge that I was trying to get their clients and, until I was totally out. So when, once I got out, I started my, I tried to start my company, but then I got approached by another company, which was a competitor for my old company. And it was ran by this guy and I trusted him and, and, um, you know, we, we worked together for, I think about two and a half years, grew the company to a ridiculous amount. But I, at the same time, during that process, I traveled so much. I went from going to Georgia to North Carolina to Virginia I never saw my family. Right. So I'm like, I don't think I, I want to start my business like this. But I don't know if I want to do this travel. Yeah. So I thought about what other credentials I had. So I was like, I'm a respiratory therapist. I used to work in, uh, at the hospital, but I want to basically establish something that's local. Well, my mom got sick and my mom couldn't get any medical issue, medical treatment because she didn't have insurance. So, and you know, she had to go get an ultrasound, which they charged her like $800 just to go in. And she didn't have insurance, so I kind of had to pay that for her. And then after that, they found something that she had to go do another procedure. And they charged her $2,500 for an MRI. I'm like, this is, this is expensive. And there's no, there was no um, program they had for people who didn't have insurance. Right. So that was my sole motivation to start a business I have now. 
um, we're basically a diagnostic company. Now we we pretty much do sleep studies, but we also do ultrasounds, and I'm, we're trying to gear into providing some of the medical diagnostic procedures out there. But my sole focus for the company is making sure it's affordable. So we're actually, I I, I talked to some investors and. I couldn't get any investors at one point until I had my buddy just dump a bunch of money in my account one day because he's like, I trust that, you, that you'll that you make it successful. And I was like, nobody's ever trusted me this way. So yeah. I basically had to learn how to set up my own diagnostic facility. I've never done anything like that. I went to talk to some doctors. They wouldn't tell me how to do it because I'd be a competitor in the town. Yeah. So it was it was a lot, a lot of legalities that I had to go through, but um, I met with, I started networking, which is one of the things that I went to some conferences for um, doctor conferences, and I met with a group of people that had a sleep um, sleep lab, and they were, they were nice enough because, you know, I wasn't going to be a competitor with them. They were from Nevada or something. Yeah, they don't care. So they sat down with me. We had, like, lunch, and um, they said, you have to set up to set up an IDTF, which that's what I had to do, which was an independent diagnostic testing facility. Since I'm not a doctor, I'm not in the state of North Carolina, I can't own a facility like that unless I said I, I can't own a radiology facility. Yeah. But I can own an independent diagnostic facility. So I did, I did all the conferences I needed to to try to get that approved, and uh, I had pretty much backing with these this company gave me some money also to try to get it started because they were kind of the same boat they were like sales rep one of the guys that actually started that company over there in nevada he was a used car salesman at one point he had no no experience in healthcare but right. he figured it out so i'm like if he can figure it out i, I yeah. can yeah i mean I, I'm, in, I'm in healthcare so i just called a bunch of people and and then again my mom got sick again and i you know i kind of lost Hope because it took such a long time to get it started. And I, I got screwed by a bunch of business partners that uh, I thought I could trust. But one, when my mom got sick again, I was like, okay, I need to speed this thing up. So I couldn't find any workers because I didn't know what kind of credentials they needed. But I knew I had the credentials, so I started working it myself. Yeah. I couldn't get the business, but I followed all the steps that we've talked about in this podcast to try to, try to build it up. You know, I've learned to try to talk to people trying to gain business and a lot of doctors that I went to they 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 saw me as just somebody that was genuine I didn't try to sell them anything I said, hey this is I'm trying to open up a diagnostic facility that's, that's um affordable for patients well some of the doctors this one doctor I went to he said most of my patients are cash pay because you know they they don't have insurance but I I kind of want to help them out so right. they come here with cash pay so he was like, You're do, you have the same mission as I do. So he basically started giving me all his patients. And one week I came in and I had like 90 patients I had to do. I'm like, oh, shoot, I need to get more employees. Yeah. So, but that's pretty much it. I mean, I had I, I had a couple of businesses that failed, but all, ultimately, like we talked about before, you have to go through failures to make some success. Right. Right. So that's pretty much how I got my company. My company now, it's it's... It's one of the biggest ones in the area, and we got a couple of military contracts. But it took a lot of work to get there. But you know, just got to keep going with it. If you could look back and start over, or say, hey, "I'm going to do this again," is there some, is there things that you would do differently now than what you did when you originally started? Oh yeah, I think my my biggest problem was I trusted people too 
too easily. Yeah. That was my biggest problem. Um, people always had other agendas because they saw my potential. The one company that I, the first one I worked to that was, um, I worked with that was a mobile company. They saw my potential trying to get business and I grew, I grew this side of the state basically for them. So, and they kind of utilized me for that. And then I had another company. He saw that same potential. I brought my business over and totally cut me off. And, you know, I'm a Christian. So if you tell me you're a Christian and we have the same values, I'm just too, that kind of brings me in. Right. You know, my beliefs are always what I stick with. Yeah. So when I see somebody that has the same beliefs, I instantly, you know, trust them. So I'm kind of guarded with that now. Just because of what I went through. Right. People will screw you. Yeah. So people will screw you for money. It's yeah. Pretty much so the it's, it's pretty much kind of, I try to teach the values based on how I got here. And my kids, you know, they want to, they want to, um, well, I have one that wants to build their business one day. I don't know what she wants to do with it. She's got a lot of ideas. Natalie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I got the same thing with Tenley, I think, but yeah, we'll figure well, that out. Yeah. They talk about it together. So yeah. I think I think one of the things that I should have done earlier is to ramp up my recruiting. I think that I should have recruited more agents earlier and not just kind of been like, eh, I just want to stick to myself and do it. Right. I think that's one of the things I regret is not adding more agents and trying to grow faster um, and just kind of being like, I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing and, and do my own own business and all that sort of stuff and just use that as a way just to make some more money. Um, I think that if I would have done that, because that's something that I personally enjoy is the growth and helping other people and seeing, you know, seeing agents get their first deal or, or yeah. do something differently. I think that's one of the things I really like and enjoy. And you kind of lose that when I lose that personally, when I'm focusing more on my own business and not being able to exactly. put that in. And that's something that I'm focused now on more. And that's something that I think I'm going to enjoy doing as we, I go on with my own real estate firm. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of businesses. I've got to kind of got my hands in right now, but I try not to overwhelm myself just because, when you have too much, too many things going on, too many business to try to focus on, you can't really focus to to one thing, and that you're going to hinder that one your main business from success, being successful. So, um, but I think that uh, I think that whatever growth I go to, I, I'll ne- I don't um I I don't know if I'll ever get rid of this company, even though I've got you know I've got people that's that's asking me for it, just because I want the values that I. To stick around, right? What I wanted it to be. If I, you know, if a hospital comes and offers me a, a ton of money for it, and they're just going to jack the prices up, like the the whole part that contradicts why I started it anyway. Yeah, yeah, you it's know, not so. staying on your own mission and your own goals. Yeah, yeah, so, that's the biggest yeah. thing with it. All right, well, that's it for our our episode eight. Um, we will see you on our next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Landing Space Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching Landing Space Podcast. Until next time.